Blog Talk Radio. to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curry Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art of FullConjure.com, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome our special guest, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in Los Angeles, bringing us today's tutorial on influence versus domination magic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, and root work, as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi, Reverend Art. Congratulations on introducing the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina to our verbal repertoire. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. I could almost hear the banjos twanging in the background. <laughs> um, I love it here. Well, uh, <laughs> things here are lovely, but before I talk about my adorable life, I'd like to talk with you, Art, about your adorable life. You know, being an announcer here on the show is kind of one of those semi-thankless tasks. Everyone knows your name, but nobody knows what you do unless I remember to stop and ask you what you're up to. Now I happen to know what you're up to, and that is preparing a brand new radio show for us. So I'm going to turn this over to you, and I'd like you just to talk a little bit about it. Give us a, you know, give us a half a minute or a minute on it. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Cat. Um, yeah, definitely. Starting next week, the 27th, we are going to be launching Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places. And really, it's an exploration of all of the things that make this magical world that we live in. You know, we'll be touring virtually over the radio, uh, special locations around the globe, temples in Hong Kong, in Taiwan, Japan, uh, sites in the Czech Republic, Italy, uh, even the even the British Isles, you know, and and really digging in and and bringing to people a vibrancy to to what it is in this life that we we have going on around us. I'm really excited about this situ- this this whole uh, new radio show, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to bring it to the Lucky Mojo Radio Network. And the date that it opens is february 27th right yep we're going to be going live at seven o'clock p.m eastern time so that'll be four o'clock p.m pacific time for all of our listeners all right um 
So it's going to be audio tours of sacred spaces and meetings with magical people from here, there, and everywhere. There's going to be diviners and and uh, prognosticators, prophets and seers. There will be practitioners and root doctors and uh, all types of therapeutic modalities will be explored with their uh, ins and outs and their intricacies. And there will also be places to visit. And I'm looking forward to that a great deal. This is going to be conducted, as I understand it, with the help of people who live in those places. Very much so. Over the course of the pandemic, I had a a chance to reach out and meet virtually, of course, a lot of individuals that host tours, in-person tours of these locations around the world, and really got to know them. And they're, they're really excited to bring that experience to us on the radio show and, and really to, to share the, the richness and the history of, the, of their hometowns. This is great. Now, I, I will say, you know, people go, but why an audio tour when you can do it all on video? And the answer to that is audio has its own charm, and many people like to play audio podcasts while they're doing work that requires hand-eye coordination, and they don't want to be looking at a screen all the time. So, yes, there are videos um you know, and we may uh, convince Art to make a compilation of some videos for a YouTube channel, but this is an audio show, and so it's going to be audio tours, a a wonderful, long-standing part of what makes radio so magical. All right. Oh, and the first guest. Tell us who the first guest on the show will be, guest number one. Oh, our, our very first guest that's going to be kicking off Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places is Air's very own J.D. from Michigan. J.D. from Michigan, well-known on the Lucky Mojo Forum as a constant helper and friend to all in need of root work advice. If you don't know about J.D., you can find him at Air. You can find them at Hoodoo Psychics, and you can definitely find them at the Lucky Mojo Forum. I don't think there's a day in a year that he hasn't posted at least once, and he is always there to help people, teach them, and guide them. He's just a wonderful guy, and he's made quite a reputation for himself as a teacher. He's a natural-born teacher. All righty. Well, here at uh, my end of the world, Lucky Mojo in Forestville, things are pretty... Copacetic and calm. I'm having my Darjeeling tea, as prophesied earlier in the day when I posted a picture of my beautiful tea ball. And in fact, I am now lifting the beautiful tea ball right out of my Darjeeling tea. And this is the Darjeeling tea that JD sent me. So this is a, a commemorative JD moment here. JD found the most incredible Darjeeling tea for me, and I'm drinking it right now. Here we go. Mmm. So thank you, J.D. And um, we've been working on um, doing a lot more outreach for the shop, Lucky Mojo Shop. We've had ads. We've had discount coupons. If you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram, you're missing discount coupons that could save you bucks on your spiritual supplies. And we have been working very hard to get the word out, get the shelves stocked, because we have so many walk-in customers now. I think we're about to declare that um, 
the days of uh, COVID are still with us, but the walk-in customers have returned. And uh, Bootsy Specials. Bootsy is our shop cat, little black and white tuxedo cat. And uh, Bootsy um, is doing specials. Every little once in a while, you look on Facebook and you'll see Bootsy has discounted some products. And usually she poses with the products. And we want to thank um, Nicole, Eileen, Leslie, and Colleen, and Max, and Heidi for getting together the material for these discount specials. So check them out. They are not available on wholesale, just retail, just for you guys. The Cats of Lucky Mojo. They have their own um, Instagram account. All right, well, and as for me, I've been working hard on uh, Miss Michael's book on sneaky tricks. This is a great book. It's going to be coming out in time for the Hooter Heritage Festival in June, God willing, and the Creek Don't Rise. And this is a book on methodology. It's a book on how to hide your hoodoo in plain sight. And Miss Michael wrote it, and so you might ask, what am I doing? Why am I working on it? Well, she wrote it, but somebody has to edit and typeset it, and that's me. So I've been hard at work on it, and we're going to get that to the printer real soon. And um, I have to, you know, pull it all together because that's what my job is, pulling things together, working on my own astrology book. And we are going to be making an announcement about John St. Germain's books in the near future. So lots of book stuff coming out from Lucky Mojo, from Nagashiva and me. That's about it for us. Oh, and of course, yeah, buy your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, folks. The earlier bird special is still on. Save some bucks. Get those tickets, and you're going to be assured of getting a goodie box. And uh, while you're waiting, go sign up for those online classes at $25 each. We're selling those at a nice, steady rate. People buy one, they watch it, they come back and buy another one. And um, they're really good. These are the older festival workshops that were made available as as, uh, uh, digital files. And you can pay $25, get one, and uh, stream it, watch it. You'll get a downloadable PDF as well. And you can watch the video as often as you wish. can't take it with you, but you can watch it. So that's the story on that. And the PDF you can print out on your own little printer. All right, I'm going to pass the little ball along to my friend Contraman. What's going on in Contraman world? (laughs) I like the uh, ball is the theme. Ball, tea, passing the ball. (laughs) Good, I like that. (laughs) Things are quite good. Uh, Very busy week. Uh, a little bit of a funny story. So this is the last remnants of Venus and Pisces in her exaltation. We've talked about this on, on the radio show before. So this is the last opportunity for a while, not forever, but for a little bit, uh, to make a really good Venus talisman. So I did make a Venus talisman for a client of mine, and within 48 hours they got laid. So I'm feeling very good about this week so far. But within 48 hours, I got my client uh, laid. That is always a good sign. <laughs> Venus in Pisces is doing her, her last bit of goodness. Other than that, I've been quite busy doing still quite a bit of love work, uh, sex work, sex work, sex magic work, I, can, I should say, um, as well as general attraction work for clients. This entire month, that has been the theme of it. So it's been, it's been quite nice. But keeping busy as usual, and I'm very much looking forward to this week's topic or this day's topic. 
All right. Well, let's bring in our guest. Um, he's been here um, before, but we're going to have Brother Christopher. Come on in, Brother Christopher. The door is open. Step right in and pull up a seat. Welcome, Hi, welcome. Kat. Hi, Hi, Ali. How are you all doing? Oh, we're fine. Now, I'm just going to give the little introduction to all the people in the room who don't know you. Uh, Brother Christopher, also known as the Rune Worker, is a member of AIR, longtime uh, moderator and, and friend on the Lucky Mojo Forum as well, member of Hoodoo Psychics. we got to get you coming back to the forum and posting a little bit more. Um, we miss you. <laughs> He's got a whole other life. He also works with um, Dr. E's products, with um, uh, Mama E. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So he's uh, he's Southern California based. That's where um, Mama E is. And um, I'm going to say it's been always a pleasure to have you on the show. You're so um, well spoken. You know what you're doing. And this was your topic. So let's talk about it for just a second here. What are you up to? right now what is top of your mind what kind of work are you doing what kind of thoughts are you having how are things in brother christopher land um things in brother christopher land are good um right the most recent client i had uh they actually needed me needed some help in driving a spirit away from them that they had somehow gotten attached to them and they were having nightmares and uh, some other just kind of like mental troubles from them. And so I had to do some hands-on work to get this spirit away from them and trap it in a bottle and take it away. Wow. So that was, that was some intense work that I had to do uh, for a client and, and just other stuff. Um, Watching the world go by, celebrating Valentine's Day. I posted a really gorgeous photo of my love altar um, to my social media that was very popular and uh, with candles and water and incense burning and a statue of Aphrodite that I have and a statue of Eros and other symbols of love. And been, it's been good. Can't complain. Good. Well, um, sounds like you've uh, opened up an avenue of love work between uh, trapping spirits and disposing of them and uh, bringing in Aphrodite. You got your hands full. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, today we have this interesting topic. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a little preface here. Um, one of the most often asked questions on the forum and brother christopher did i say you ought to come back to the forum every once in a while and check in and say hi um one of the most often asked questions on the forum is what's the difference between this and that what's the difference between van van and chinese wash what's the difference between damnation and destruction what's the difference between uncrossing and jinx killer people ask this all the time and of course it makes a lot of sense the differences may not be always as great as people think in some cases these were formulas that i collected in different parts of the united states that essentially do the same thing but they're different formulas 
But in other cases, they really are different. And one of the most asked questions is, what's the difference between influence and domination? And which one should I use? Especially in love and workplace uh, questions, people want to know, well, should I just make add domination to boss fix and just make my boss do what I want and make all my coworkers shut up by adding stop gossip? Or should I use influence and crown of success and get a promotion? So influence and domination kind of go in different directions, and yet they can be used together. And yet they also can be used apart. So that's my intro to it, but I want you to talk about it, Brother Christopher, and I want to warn people at the end, get your um, pens and papers ready because I'm going to give us two spells. You know, we always have a free spell at the end. We're going to have two spells this time, one for influence and one for domination. So get ready for that. All right, Brother Christopher, you tell us what's the difference. And, and if you put them together in a ring, which one would win? Well, that, ooh, that's a tricky question. Because um, I've, I've always thought about what's the difference between influence and domination. And especially when I notice how a lot of people seem to like like to jump directly to dominating and ruling and commanding people when really that's probably too much, too fast. Um, and also I feel like a lot of the difference is, is who the person is who's casting the spell, but also who the person is who's the target of the spell. Um, and, I'll, and I'll break that down a little bit more. Um, but for influence, influence is gentle. Influence is non-coercive, I feel, in a lot of cases. It's just kind of trying to, like, gently nudge someone to have an idea that you've planted this idea, and then they're like, oh, oh, I had this idea that I should do this, and you're like, great, that's awesome, I love that. Um, and it can also just be, because um, I think I saw a crown of success mentioned, you know, wearing crown of success just kind of makes people see you in a positive light, and that's a kind of influence, because when people look at you in a positive way and see all of your good qualities, they're more inclined to want to do what you are asking them to do. And it also helps if at the same time you're asking them in a nice way or a polite way um, without being demanding or rude or, you know, overly angry and trying to force them. But you're just like, oh, could you help me with this? Oh, that'd be so great. I'd be so grateful. Oh, thank you for your assistance. Like that kind of thing. Um, whereas domination is, is you're just literally trying to dominate this person. You don't care about what their will or intention or anything that about them. You just want them to do something and do it and do it as quickly for you as possible as you can get it. Mm-hmm. And sort of some of the imagery that um, – came to me in trying to better understand the difference between these two is that uh, influence can be seen as sort of a silk thread or a silk rope that, mm-hmm. you know, 
you just kind of tie it around the person's wrist and you just tug it gently and they follow you. And they're not hurt by it per se. Whereas domination, it's an iron chain. You're putting this person in chains. Mm. You're, you're forcing them to obey your will and you're like, this is how it's going to be. Now go and do it. And they don't get a choice in the matter. And so both kind of have their time and their purpose, um, mm-hmm. depending upon, you know, how you want to use them, how you want to work with them. And I find more often influence can be a lot more effective, especially in the long run. Um, in one hand, you can sort of generally influence most people most of the time. If you're just mm-hmm. wearing crown of success or just even wearing influence oil or you take a bath in influence bath salts, you know, and, you, and you're just a little more influential. People are more inclined to assist you, talk to you, work with you, you know, and it doesn't have to be quite the struggle that sometimes things can be. And it also helps if you, like I said, you're also polite, you use please and thank you, you know, you're good at making friends and influencing people. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas domination I find works better if it's in a short-term case and you're dealing with somebody that you know is difficult to deal with Um, and that they just kind of maybe not aren't resistant, but they are, what's the word, Uh, obstinate. They just, Mm -hmm. they don't. They don't like to do what people want to ask them to do. They are always kind of nasty and mean-spirited. Or they're just consistently passively aggressive. And you know from long experience that you ask them to do something and they say sure, and then it doesn't get done. And so you Mm -hmm. ask them again and they say sure, and again it doesn't get done. And it just kind of repeats until you've had enough and then you want to move forward um, and really try and get them to just do it and and get it done. Mm-hmm. And so well, there's also the consideration of the targets then as well. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, for example, most people can be influenced, um, you know, with a little suggestion, a little candle work, a little honey jar, a little a little crown of success. Um, There are people who can't be dominated. And you can exert domination on them to and command them and force them. And they just won't do it because they're just really strong-willed individuals who don't take that kindly. But oftentimes those same individuals, you know, with a bit of a honeyed word and some kindness and politeness, or, you know, a well-placed suggestion at a certain time, they just might surprise you and do what you want them to do. They may not give you credit for suggesting it or speaking to them about it, but if it's more important that you get what you're trying to achieve, then, yeah, influence may be the better way to go. Okay, um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, bring this down to cases here. 
Um, okay. We have certain forms of work we do based on conditions in life. And one of the best ways that I find a, to explain the difference between influence and domination is to pick a condition. Now, I just picked one, love relationships. So influence, mm-hmm. I would blend with bewitching and come to me. It's that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And Mr. Christopher, yeah. not you, but Mr. Christopher, as opposed to Brother Christopher, says influence works better with skull candles and dolls, whereas domination works better with contact work. I'm not sure that's 100% true. I, I, I mean, that's Mr. Christopher's opinion. But I do know that influence is used a lot in distance work and domination is used more in contact work. And when I talked about love relationships, I would say domination goes with I dominate my man and I dominate my woman. Now, you could do the same thing with um, career success and money. Influence would probably go with something like crown of success, but uh, domination would go with something like pay me. You see? So oh, yeah. each each condition has its own way of working. Influence in court case work, influence would more likely be going with King Solomon wisdom and domination would go with court case. There's a there's a blending that's possible, of course you can blend three, four things together, but there's a sort of a style of work that is subtle on the one hand or more straightforward, you know, right in your face. I'm going to bring Conjurman into this. What do you um, think about this, Conjurman? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's very clear the difference between them. Influence work is what you do with your friends. Domination work is what you do with your enemies. Domination work is the distinction between the two of them is very clear in that regard. Domination is coercive. It is the stick. Do what I say. Influence work is a carrot. When we ask which is more powerful, the question, I don't think that's exactly the right question. The right question is, what will get you the results you're looking for more often than not? And I believe that that's influence. Because influence convinces people that your way is good for them. Your way is ideal for them. That what you desire is in line with their desires. And so it works really well. It also can be used in a variety of situations, work, friendships, love, etc. It can be even used for healing to convince someone to take their medication. Domination work, on the other hand, is what you do to an enemy. It is the stick. It is bend to my will or else. And as Brother Christopher rightly pointed out, it is slightly more difficult. I have found that domination work will fall apart unless your own will is iron. If you don't have a strong will, commanding somebody else to do what you want them to do is not going to work. You're not going to be able to, if you don't have an ironclad will that will not bend, that will accept no compromise, that will broker no negotiation, then you can light all the domination candles you want and it won't result in anything because that person will not bend to you. Influence, on the other hand, can be used by anybody. It's so subtle. It's so good. It's like filling the room with a nice smell. People just are influenced without even thinking about it. 
So I always encourage clients to go first for influence work. Domination should be treated as something you do towards an enemy, but they can also be used in gradations of escalation. You start with influence work and then you lead up to domination, softening them to your influence and then hitting them with the hammer. So I have used them in tandem with one another, even though they may seem diametrically opposed. I also have to agree with you, Kat. I've done domination work uh, from a distance. I've done it on candle, skull candles, and it does work. It works quite mm-hmm. well. Um, but you just have to be, your willpower has to be unshakable. When you give mm-hmm. that command, you must expect the universe itself to bend to your command. And unless you get to that state, the, it's just, <laughs> you're shouting into the void. You're shouting into the mm-hmm. void. That's a, that's a good way to uh, say it. Yeah, I've used both of them um, indirectly and directly. I- influence, I have had really um, good success with influence on skull candles, though. It's, it's yeah. um, and, and I owe a lot of that thinking to you, Contraman, the skull candle king of yore. Um, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there are things that you have brought, um, to the fore and skull candle work is one of them. Um, and, um, I have never tried domination on a skull candle, although I suppose I could, but I would be more likely, and this is just me, I would be more likely to use domination on a full body figural candle. Why? Because I'm looking at that full-body figure as a doll. And one of the things I do with dolls is tie and bind them and, and uh, you know, bend them over. Whatever I'm going to do with them, I would use domination for that. Um, for influence, usually I'm just working on their mind. And so, therefore, the skull candle. That's just yeah. me, personally. Yeah. I'm not saying, now, I don't want five years from now everyone to say, Kat says you have to do it. No, that's not what I said. I'm just saying <laughs> that's the way my natural mind works. I really like using influence in a honey jar. And this has been an interesting thing. And um, and I hope, um, oh, Chief put down, Skull Sorcery by Contraminale on page 49 of the black folder. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, well, anyway. Uh, so, but I like to use um, uh, influence in a honey jar, but then I can sort of fine-tune it to what I want. And I have had people, the reason we started pre-making honey jar spells at Lucky Mojo was people were coming up with all these um, honey jars that made no sense. I mean, they were really creepy honey jars like can i do a crossing <laughs> honey jar and seriously you know they're buying crossing all in a, and and they're saying they're going to put it in a honey jar that'll really fool them won't it? and i'm like oh come on don't do it you know you're just messing up your honey so um we came up with a honey jar and a honey and a um influence herb mix and there were people in the shop who said to me are we sure we want to do this Will people use it correctly? And we had to put all sorts of little disclaimers around it. Influence people for any good reason, right? Because right, they really right. hate—they really hate someone, and they're going to do an influence honey jar and kill, kill, kill. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I try to get them to think about what what the influence is for, and any good reason is sort of my 
covering idea for why you might want to use influence. Now, you can use influence for bad reasons, but not in an influence honey jar. Influence doesn't mean you have to use it for good reason. An influence honey jar, yeah. But you could use influence to influence someone to drink, drive drunk, and, you know, run over the cliff on Highway 1 and just fall over into the ocean, right? That's influence. Yep, that's, that's um, true. That's true. <laughs> and it would look pretty mild if they had an inclination and their will was not strong. Right, right. So I think yep. you, you really you pointing out the figure candle spell is so so cool there with with domination work in particular because it allows you to do more things to it, right? Like you mm-hmm. mentioned tying them up, blindfolding them. Those are really good strategies. That's another important point. With influence, it seems like you don't have to have all these extra steps. And I wonder if both of you could share that experience. Like, If you do an influence working, you can do an influence honey jar to get them to do what you, you know, I want you to give me a raise. I want you to be more favorable to me in these meetings, etc. With domination work, there does seem to be some extra steps. For example, I have found that you are weakening a person before dominating them is going to be very successful. You want to disorient them. So like if I do doll baby work, I bind it up. I disorient the doll. I blindfold it. I disorient and weaken the doll baby before I do domination work on them. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you face all sorts of resistance. And this is also true. Very few people resist influence, particularly I would say in our day and age where we are exceptionally susceptible to influence as a result of the fact that we are consuming media 24 hours a day. We're being swayed 24 hours a day on our cell phones, on our laptops, our computers, etc. So people are, are already inclined to be influenced, whether to buy a product or, or to, to believe a particular political conspiracy, etc. But people will resist domination. When you tell someone to do something, when you order them, some people resist. And certain people have natural protections against this, as Brother Christopher pointed out, certain signs of the zodiac. You can't dominate Capricorns and Tauruses very well. You just can't. If you try to do domination work on a Taurus, they're going to grind their feet and be like, yeah, no, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You tell Capricorn, hey, I demand that you do this thing. The Capricorn goes, yeah, nice try. But on the other hand, you can influence a Taurus and a Capricorn. Oh, look, here's this really nice-smelling bread. Come this way. The tour is like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Influence is also good for Scorpios. Influence is good for fixed-sign people. Yes, Um, yes. It's better for fixed sign people generally, and Tauruses are the most fixed of the fixed sign because they're fixed earth. Um, And that is absolutely true. Um, You just cannot, um, you cannot get fixed sign folks to uh, be dominated. They'll fight you to the death. You know, they'll, they'll fight you from the floor up if they, if you knock them down. So, but domination I have found, and I'm speaking here as a Taurus, <laughs> domination is a really strong weapon in the hands of a fixed sign person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to domination go Domination in the hands of a Scorpio? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Domination in the hands of a Scorpio is really powerful because that fixed sign person can really deliver 
a punch. They may not be as good at influence. Now, I happen to have Gemini rising. I've got a nice way of speaking. So, yeah, there's that influence thing. Speech is influence a lot. But but if I wanted to really rule and control the situation, a Leo doing domination spell work, you can't resist. They win, right? So Mm -hmm. pick your... (laughs) Pick your... Uh, poison according to what your own skills, talents, and inclinations are. Um, Influence is subtle, and domination will win, but not in the hands of a a Gemini, a Sagittarius. They'd be great at influence. But I cannot believe that a Libra, for instance, is going to do effective domination work. Mm. It's just not in their nature. But, they, but they're really oh, good at Libras influence. are very, very good at influence work because yes. Libras are very talkative. Oh, yes. Yeah. So find find which of the two is your go-to. And if you have elements of both in you, celebrate, mix them, and do what you want. But they are different. They are very, very, very different. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Pa- Papa G just just jumped in. He says, "I'm Taurus with Scorpio rising." Well, Papa G, I'll bet you'd be very good at domination work. You see, and um, that's a that's a important thing to say. There's another aspect of domination work that has, in the last couple of decades, become um, kind of thought of as going with it, and that is um, sexual BDSM or bondage and domination sadomasochism. The domination has become shorthand for BDSM sexuality. People don't talk about influence sexuality. That's usually called seduction and or luring or something of that nature. And there are people who do use domination in sexual spells. And there are two sexual spells already, I dominate my man and I dominate my women, which have a sexual component, but they also have, you know, make them pick up after me around the house, you know, make them bring me my money, that kind of thing, make them bend the knee to me. And those have, when you look at the formulas, there's a little overlap between I dominate my man, I dominate my woman, and just straight up domination, which the picture mm-hmm. we put on there is, I call it, I dominate my secretary. Um, if you look at this picture of this, of this woman, say, you know, go do it, right? <laughs> I dominate my secretary. So it's a non-sexual version of the same kind of formula. How about it, Brother Christopher? Yeah, you got some more ideas here? Um, you were talking about the fixed signs, and it also occurred to me that Tauruses and Leos would also be good at influence work because mm-hmm. of the nature of the planets that rule their signs, with Taurus being ruled yeah. by Venus, who is all yep. about influence and enchantment and bewitching, whereas the solar Leo, like the Leo just shines, and so he's just like, what? or he or she or they are just like, of course you want to do this thing for me. Look at how shiny and bright I am. Why wouldn't you want me around you? And people are just like, you're right, of course, right, you know, and they just do it. Exactly. I've had quite a few Leo friends who pulled off things that I was just like, how did you do that? Like, how did you get this person to just buy you drinks all night and you just talk to them for five minutes 
and then so never true. more. And they just kept bringing you cocktail after cocktail. Um, That's so true. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not you – know, you're right. Like, I'm not trying to confine people to one style or another, and we all are mixtures of different influences. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm just talking about if I if yeah. I had um, a person who was a Leo – and they wanted to win, I would tell them to use domination, and along with something that was very bright and shiny, uh, mm. not domination through fascist authoritarian control, but domination through just the sheer exercise yeah. of their will. And I probably would right. never recommend that to a Libra. They're just going to look at, at you and go, but that's not fair. <laughs> Well, I think what but really you, comes what comes through by what both you're saying and Brother Christopher and myself, all three of us, we're really coming to this idea that to understand what you're doing, whether it's regards to domination or, in, or influence, you need to consider sort of three things. Your nature, whether that's your personality, your zodiac sign, etc., the nature of the person you're trying to do the work on, their personality, their zodiac sign, are they a Leo, are they a Scorpio, etc. And then the nature of the work you're trying to do. And those three are how you determine what you reach for. Yeah. yeah that's what I call is the tool is the tool suited for yeah. your hand. And then uh does it suit the nature of the situation? And that is um you know, are you going to um, go after that little buzzing fly with that uh, 20-pound splitting wall and break your desk when you hit it? So you want to make sure that you have the tool that's appropriate to the situation. And then third, will that tool affect that being the way you want it to be affected? Yeah. That's if why we said don't you... try to – using domination on fixed signs probably doesn't work. I mean, I mean, it will – it may work, but they'll end up dead before they give in. Usually, they just don't <laughs> if you like can it. Get your hands, if you can get your hands on the root worker special, um, I love the root worker special. If you don't know what it is, Lucky Mojo offers mm-hmm. uh, the root worker special where you can combine oils into a larger jar, and especially, it's great for people who are going to do that work for a period of time. Hence, root workers. But you don't have to be a root worker to get it. My favorite mixture is Crown of Success and Influence Oil. And if you can ask for a little bit of calamus, extra calamus to be put in there, you wear that on your feet, you are going to get everything you want at work. It works wonders. And it works great outside of work as well. You just, put, you just take a little bit of influence. You mix that Influence Oil and Crown of Success. You could do it on your own. But the root workers special just makes it so much easier. A little bit of extra calamus in there. And use that regularly and watch how people sway give you what you want yeah that's a that's a really good thing um i hope someone puts in the link for the blending page the oil blending page um i think it's oilblends.html and on that page we have uh, a lot of blends that have been suggested to us by our own customers over the years. In fact, there's an active forum topic in which people post their blends, and then about every six months to a year, I gather those up and I put them on the web page. So if you have a blend you like, be sure to post it in that oil blends topic thread. And this is um, something that I find very 
interesting how people make a blend. I mentioned before bewitching and, and influence, and there are other things you might want to put into such a thing. It might be clarity, for instance, or it it might be a, a fire of love because the person isn't sexual enough to you. So you're just sort of blending. Um, I see that uh, Signe DC say, can girls use calamus or should we use Queen Elizabeth? Oh, you can use calamus any old time you want yeah, to, yeah. honey. Yep. Um, uh, Signe DC, calamus is one of the ingredients in the Jewish holy oil, the temple oil. And it does have a masculine component. If you look at what a calamus plant looks like, it's like this phallus that just suddenly shoots up uh, out of the rushes. It's very masculine. But it is... Um, easy to work on men if you can grab them by the yep. dick. Okay? <laughs> just, just saying. But it's definitely universal. Definitely universal. Yeah, yeah. It is, a. It is. Um, uh, Papa G says, I love calamus. So does cat, right? Uh, um, so uh, calamus is not exactly, uh, Shiva says, not exactly geared to sex or gender, but it does have that underlying uh, gender thing going on. If you um, consider that the um, culture out of which it came and the way the botanical plant looks like, it does seem to have a kind of a male erection look to it. But that was in a culture that was patriarchal as well, and so the males had the domination. So um, licorice is also used for domination. doesn't look like anything like that. And licorice is a... Um, a root that has a very sweet, um, sugary taste, glycorrhiza, which means um, sweet root in Greek. And it makes your heart beat faster and faster. In fact, it can be a dangerous drug if you have a, a heart problem. And licorice is also used for domination because it just gets the blood pumping. And it can be used for influence as well. People often will take a, a little slice of licorice and, and using a little fine marker or a fine pen, they'll write their command on it and then take that piece of licorice and um, we'll make, put it in tea. You can grind it up then and put it into some tea. It has a funny flavor, but it can be used in um, just to sit in the tea and then to fish it out. It's kind of neat. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan is, of, of... Go ahead. Oh, can I just get this in? Um, uh, Michael says, here's the active oil blends topic on the forum, and she posts it. So if you aren't listening to the show um, live and watching the chat room scroll by live, the chat will be posted in the forum, and there's that link right there. Thank you, Miss Michael. I love licorice, but for me, I love mixing licorice with deer's tongue. That's another really great influence herb. We mm. often think of it as eloquence, but that eloquence itself is about uh, influencing people. So I tell clients, one of the things that I, I highly recommend is to make a honey jar in which you wrap licorice and deer's tongue in a name paper or in a petition paper, place that into the honey jar. But then every day you're supposed to use that honey jar. You take a spoonful and you eat the honey so that it sweetens your tongue and thus you're able to influence others. You could also add it into your tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful combination. Um, and um, calamus can sometimes cause uh, stomach upset if you take too much of it, but it's been used as a flavoring for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, um, and so if you would take just a little 
little bit of calamus, a little bit of licorice, a lot of deer's tongue, and uh, put those in a petition paper, fold it up in that seed packet style so it doesn't spill out all over the honey, and put that in the honey, and then eat a little bit of that to sweeten your mouth. That will make you a really influential speaker, a really good way to work. Thanks for that one, Benjamin. Yeah, you can even use that to, to make your prayers more powerful. So it's the exact opposite of heating up prayers. In the African tradition, particularly in Central and West Africa, there's this idea that in order for the gods to hear you or to increase your ability to be heard by the gods, you must suffer a little bit of pain. And so peppers are placed in the mouth to burn the mouth, therefore heating up the prayers. This idea is that it will carry the prayers up to the gods or that the gods will take pity upon you and therefore answer your, answer your prayers. But this can also work in the reverse. You can use that exact same honey jar, place a little bit of that honey on your tongue, sweeten your tongue, and then praise whatever deity or spirit that you're reaching out to, then ask them what you want. And it will also influence deities and spirits in that way, not just people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shiva points out that I've printed that um, how to fold a seed packet in several places. He says it's in the black folder, maybe. I'm not sure if it's a black folder. I know it's in um, paper in my shoe, and I think Yeah, paper in my shoe, I thought. It it may also be in bottled up and go. So there's several places I've put that seed packet folding method. And the reason I recommend this for use with honey jars and also for use with teas is that you can fish it out. uh, If you write your petition with a water-soluble ink, put it in the honey or put it in the tea, you can just um, fish that packet out. It'll have flavored your tea or whatever you want, and and the prayer will have soaked into your tea or into your honey. And um, it's a very convenient way to work. And then you're not left trying to eat honey that has chompable pieces in it. Um, uh, Balkan diviner says cloves to sweeten your foes. Cloves are used in um, in hoodoo for friendships, and uh, a pair of cloves is sometimes used instead of a pair of balm of Gilead buds. Easier to find, for one thing. Balm of Gilead buds right. are to um, cause a reconciliation to come about. They're also edible, and cloves are used for friendships. So either one of those, you can put those in your yeah. little packet. That's a good, or both, um, yeah, and have a yeah, lovely yeah. influence honey jar. I use cloves as an influence work, but influence work with just a little bit of an edge. I call it a sweet edge. And what you do is you use cloves because they're little nails. You use it to stud an apple or a candle, and as you do so, you repeat over and over again what you want that person to do. It's a way of kind of getting a friend to do what you want them to do, giving them a little bit of a stronger nudge. So it's like a balance. It's not domination work. But it's a little bit of an edge. You take an apple, baptize it in that person's name, and then stud it with cloves as you say your prayer. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, the seed packet <laughs> style of folding has come up again. Uh, Shiva found it. It was in the red folder, as I thought. And Papa G asked, is it the same as a Grigri packet? Well, I don't know what to you a Grigri packet is. But it's a way to fold paper that won't leak out anything, and it's an old way um, to save seeds for planting next year. And so that's why it's called seed packet style. Um, it's um, found everywhere in the um, 
Europe, uh, from Italy, Germany, all up to the Scandinavian and as far uh, east as uh, Russia and as far west as Ireland. Everybody who's ever been a gardener knows what it is. I started um, calling it seed packet style because there's another way to fold papers, which is to fold them in half and then in quarters, but everything falls out, right? And so then people were putting scotch tape all around them and stapling them and, you know, all that. And I was like, no, the folding of them in half and in quarters is usually to place them under a candle, not to put them in a honey jar. And so I started saying, no, this is different. This is seed packet style. So just a a terminology that I kind of tried to show people there were two ways to fold a packet. So I hope that answers your question, Papa G. Dr. Sweets in the chat says, concentrated eugenol, clove oil, will kill the roots of your teeth, but not just a few cloves in your mouth. Well, all right then. <laughs> and Papa G is laughing about the packets. He's going, duct tape, Elmer's glue. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people try all kinds of things to make a packet that won't leak. But if you just learn this one little folding technique, it solves all your problems. Trust me on that. Uh, Papa G calls so it a paper mojo bag. Yeah, that's it. People really need to learn how to use red again. How to tie things. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been talking about this for so many years. I, I think either the world is deaf or I'm too softly. But... Um, <laughs> Contact magic is the root of it all. Contact magic. Come on, guys. Contact magic. So influence and domination. How would you use those in contact magic? Well, one way you could use domination, since it's usually from above, you could get some on your hand and just slap that person on the back. Hi. How you doing, Willie old boy? And you, boom, you just hit them on the back nicely with your hand with the domination uh, powder or oil on it. Boom. Right? But influence is better to use in their hair, right? So, uh, come here, Willie. You know, let me just um, let me just do your hair for you, right? And that's where you have the influence oil. And then you're thinking all, you know, come on, Willie, uh, propose marriage. Come on, Willie, bring home your paycheck. And so, they to me, that's the difference between their application. Now, you could use them in shoe spells or, um, you know, walk over the ground-type spells, foot-track spells. But I really do think that domination is excellent to put on people's shoulders or arms because that's what you're really trying to get them to move in a certain direction, you know. And um, whereas influence, you get trying to get them to think in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a derivation that I do that works really well. Is you write their name on a piece of paper, speaking of paper in my shoe, which is a phenomenal book, you write their name three times on a piece of paper, five spotted with domination oil, place it in your shoe, and then put some domination oil on your hand. Then when you meet the person, you lightly tap your foot and then shake their hand Mm -hmm. on the back. That way you sort of give them a nudge and you touch them with the oil, and it really sort of shocks the spirit into obeying yeah, that's a good one. The shoe tap with domination, and that's a, that that's you know one of these days these boots are going to walk all over you, right? Yeah, it's an old song. Um, 
And that's that's a very good way to use domination. Not as likely to use influence that way. Um, and uh, Balkan Diviner mentions poppy seeds, which are to make someone weak-minded and stupid because poppies have opioids in them. And um, definitely putting poppy seeds in influence oil is super, super essential to the way it works. You have to kind of soften their mind before you can take their mind over. But you would not usually put poppy seeds in domination oil because you're really um, not trying to make them stupid with domination. You're trying to make them obey. And if they are stupid, they won't. their obedience will mean nothing to you. It won't be useful. Yeah. Miss Michael, yeah, so sneaky. She says, I'm a big fan of food magic. A little influence oil on your hands, pick up a donut and hand it to them. <laughs> That's great. That's I love that. Sneaky That's Miss Michael. We are looking forward to that book on sneaky tricks. You got to write that one down and find room to shoehorn that one in the book, Miss Michael. That's a good one. Um, yeah, you don't you don't want stupid people um, when you're looking for obedience. You want good marching soldiers. So domination is good for that. And now, of course, we could be talking about um, cooperation. And let's all let's all, you know why are we talking so harsh with domination? I think the reason is that uh, people associate influence with Svengali and hypnotism and women against their will singing, oh, do you remember sweet Alice Ben Bolt? And all these kinds of creepy late 19th, early 20th century ideas of influence. And in fact, our label right. comes from um, a Joe Orlando ad for a hypno coin for hypnotism. And we should probably put in a link at this point to the hypnotism page at AIR. Somebody's going to do that real soon. I predict. My eyes see it happening. I will influence them to put that link up. And (laughs) (laughs) uh, influence oil is great if you are a hypnotherapist. Um, If you use tools like a hypno coin, if you use a spinning hypno disc, if you make passes with your hands, a little influence oil will go a nice long way to get someone under a hypnotic suggestive state of mind. So that's another really important thing. Now, of course, somebody's going to ask, well, what about self-hypnosis? Can I use influence oil for self-hypnosis? Of course you could. And now someone's going to ask, well, what about domination oil? Can I use domination oil to dominate myself? Well, sure. Report back after you've done that and let us know all about it. Reverend Art says in the chat, food magic. People will try anything. You know what I mean? Uh, they'll they'll try anything. Dominate themselves. Oh, Papa G says kinky, and Reverend Art recommends uh, Hoodoo Food. It's a cookbook of food magic. Wow. Well, we got through that in um, due order, and I think I hope we've influenced some people. I hope we didn't dominate anyone. All right. Um, I think what's going to happen next is Reverend Art's going to bring us our surprise client.
Well, before we get to the surprise client, support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of Forestville, California, located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 888 for Hoodoo, or visit hoodoopsychics.com, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller today is Ocho Rios, calling from Pennsylvania Area Code 610. Ocho, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Excellent. And Ocho, you indicated that you have had a reading on this previously with Lotus Raven. And let me get into the situation a little bit for our listeners. Ocho writes, my mother has been in a nursing home for six years and I have struggled unsuccessfully with getting the house remodeled to get her back home. I discovered the mortgage she took out years ago may be predatory and I have retained a lawyer who advised refinancing the loan could hurt our case. A reading indicated there may be something from my past that is currently in my possession that I could sell to renovate the house. I would like help discovering what this thing is and how to successfully navigate this situation to get my mom back home. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, Lotus Raven is a wonderful friend of ours in air. She's known as Angela Marie Horner, same lady. Um so, Otra, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. What is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a Leo sign, Leo rising, and Scorpio moon. Oh, okay. So you've got some toughness about you. And your mother's been in a nursing home for six years. Uh, with what kind of a condition? Um, she fell and had a stroke six years ago. She was still mobile, but then she's just been deteriorating since then due to uh, not so great nursing home, so I've moved her a few times. I see. So getting her home might be able to get her a little more mobile and have a more comfortable life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So I'm going to do the um, first reading here, and what I'm going to do is actually kind of I'm going to make this more open ended, more than somebody indicated that there was something in from your past that's currently in your possession that you could sell. I'm not going to ask what is that, but I'm going to ask a much larger question in three cards about the um, the lawyer, the predatory mortgage, and what you can do to raise uh, money to um, renovate the house. Okay? So here we go, three cards. Number one, number two, Number three. Well, this is interesting. The first card I have does have hidden money in it. There is hidden money. Um, And I, there's also, this card is a card of um, something that looks charitable or fair monetarily, but is not. The card is the six of coins. It shows a merchant who's giving money to the poor, but he's holding back money. So yes, the loan definitely was predatory, but it also is sometimes called the card of hiding money or hidden money. So that's interesting. Uh, Maybe just having relief from the mortgage will be able to 
um, put more money on the table every month because this is a big impediment here. This mortgage is not good and and needs to be reworked and because um, you're being made to, uh, you know, kneel in the street dressed in rags begging for coins and this guy has taken his undue share every time a transaction happens. So that's card number one. Card number two is... Uh, card that says you can make a difference in renovating the house and in having willpower. So this is the Ace of Wands. It shows the hand of God holding a staff or wand which is bursting into new leaf and he's going to plant it by this little river of water and it's just going to bear fruit in its time. But way in the background we see a ruined castle. It's all fallen into stones and it needs help to be repaired. And this hand of God says, have a strong spine, have a um, good feeling about renewal, renovation. Springtime is the time to really start moving on this. And any kind of work that you can do on the house will be all to the better. There's really two projects is what these two cards say. One is renovating the house, and one is getting out from under this bad mortgage even if it means selling the house and fixing up a smaller place that you could fix up. Remember, that's always an option. But I know you like the house and you want it to be the house because it's her house and she's going to want to be in her house. So there's a there's a burden there on getting that mortgage fixed. And the third card is a card of help, and it is called the Three of Pentacles. Not a card of money, although pentacles are money, but it is a card of work. And it shows three people working to build a church. And they have no coins, but they all have jobs. There's somebody who's got uh, the land. There's somebody who's got architectural blueprint. And there's another person who's building and using a hammer and chisel to carve stone. I think that there is going to be near you, no matter where you live, there is going to be some social organization or group, or maybe you can run a GoFundMe campaign, to get people to contribute labor or help. So I don't know what it's going to be. This shows a church, and I, when I get this card, I always say, well, do you belong to a church? Is there somebody in the church who can you know, organize a little help here? But it doesn't necessarily mean a church. It can mean a, you know, any kind of a social services program. Now, in particularly, if you bring your mother home, you would be paid for being her caretaker, and that would keep more money in the home rather than having it go to the uh, inadequate nursing facility, which you've been having to move her around because they haven't been good. So if you set this as your goal, and have that strength and courage, um, you can really move mountains. Renovate the house. Start with a room. You're going to need some kind of a you know, medical bed. You're going to need all that kind of stuff. See who can help. There are going to be people who can help. I know in these tough times, everybody is mean, and they're all looking out for themselves, and it's not the kindest world that you know that we live in. But I think there is a group or organization near you who will offer help to you, and it's a volunteer program of some sort or very little bit amount of money. 
Now, as far as your lawyer, again, you need to be courageous here, and you need to really show your strength with that. I think that this all looks like it'll um, work well. Springtime is by where you really are going to get it together, and I think that uh, springtime is coming soon. So you got to, you know, get yourself um, up on this. And we're going to get you some spell advice later, and that will help. Now I'm going to turn this over to Brother Christopher. Thank you. Hi. So uh, I, um, I'm using. Uh, astrological British lithomancy for my reading today. So I took the opportunity to do a quick cast focused on what your question was about trying to identify and locate this object that you could possibly sell. And from the dice, uh, with the indicator that indicates you, um, the in answer to that question, the lot that came up closest was the lot of Saturn. And so to me, that indicates as far as where it might be, I believe this might be something that is inside your mother's house. Um, does she have a basement? Um, it's a two-level two home that I um, completely gutted, and it's ready, it's ready to renovate. But then I lost the contractor like three years ago. And it's just oh. been a whole thing. And so I do have... A lot of her possessions there um, uh, that are, you know, in one room that, you know, will be moved out once uh, it's time to renovate. Right. So I I do, like, I do suspect that it's something in that room that has a value, um, a value that it accumulated over time, that perhaps when your mom bought it, it was routine. But now, perhaps as a as an interesting art piece or something that is you know highly prized because it's now you know back when it was made, maybe there were tons of copies, but now there's only you know ten or twenty existing, and it's become something that's desirable by people and so this thing like it's I believe it's an old thing because that's what Saturn indicates, and then Saturn also indicates something that's generally like in the ground, down below, foundational. Um, and so if you check into your mom's house and see what the items are there and look at something that's old and perhaps get something appraised, that's probably where you will find that item that can benefit you in trying to get some more money together to finish the renovation on this house in order to make it habitable again for your mom to move out of these nursing homes and get back into a place that, you know, will benefit her um, in multiple ways. So, okay. Um, yeah. There is an antique. A table and sideboard with chairs, and we thought that, we, but we just never got that um, appraised. So it, it's actually uh, very old. Well, that's so that sounds may... like something. Certainly, what what Saturn would indicate it is something of age, something of age. Yeah. And uh, and I would also say too that again, 
part of this is about having the courage to do that renovation. That's that middle card. And you've already progressed farther than I thought you had. You've already uh, started the work. See if you can find some uh, organization or group that might help. Um, there, whereabouts do you live? You're in Pennsylvania, right? Uh, no, that's just a cell phone. I'm actually in Texas, but the house is three states away, which has also been for me trying oh. to do all of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's you're in Texas, and what state is the house in? It's in Alabama, and my mom's here in Texas. Oh my gosh, you got a job there. Um, that you know, that's the other. That's kind of maybe why I was saying maybe you should sell it and and just. Uh, work out of Texas where you are, you know, right in the corner where you are, as it were. There's a, there's going to be a, there's an issue here, and, and that you're hemorrhaging money because of this mortgage. It's not good. That's the first card. All right, well, we're going to turn this over to uh, Conjurman, and he's going to give you some work now that we all understand the situation pretty clearly. Um, go ahead, Conjurman. Yeah, you've got some fantastic readings here. I will say I couldn't agree more that there needs to be some type of collective effort here. Working with the church, working with a religious organization is really useful, any type of charitable organization. I also want to say a prayer network is super crucial, so consider the Crystal Silence League as an ally here who can pray on your behalf. But linking up with community is going to be important. What I want you to do is a few things. First, I want you to go to an ancestor. You want to bring in the power of an ancestor. Go to the grave of an ancestor if you can. Knock three times and then tell them your plight. Ask for their help. Say that this is the issue. I need to fix my home. I need money. I need to fix my home. And I need to bring my mother back home. Promise to invite them into your home if they'll help you. If you get an affirmative, gather the dirt and then leave three coins. When you get back home, mix the dirt with a small pinch of sugar. Not a lot, just a pinch of sugar. Then take half of it and sprinkle it around the outside of your home, holding some of it back. If you can get the physical property where uh, you're, you're trying to find this object, sprinkle it around there because what this ancestor will do will help you find whatever that object is. I think Brother Christopher really gave you a strong clue in which direction to go in. Uh, his reading really indicated what you're supposed to be appraising or looking for. This ancestor will help to locate it even further. The rest of the dirt you're going to take back home and set up a space for that ancestor. Get a table covered in a white cloth. Say, we're only here for a while until we can renovate that house. Place the dirt in a small, clear jar. Every week, I want you to light a white candle and commune with this ancestor, asking for their aid. On that altar, I also want you to take a piece of paper and write your petition. I need to find the funds and money. I want the funds and money to renovate this home. Place that on a small plate. On top of it, put a lodestone. Around this, set up four orange candles in a square. So in the center is the plate with the lodestone. Around it are the four orange candles. Anoint those candles with road opener oil. Light the candles and sprinkle the lodestone with magnetic sand. 
This is ideally done on a Wednesday in order to tap into the power of Mercury and bring in quick change for you while also opening up those roads. You need to work this in three stages. First, to draw the money, then to renovate the house, and then to bring your mother home in good health. So you should have three petition papers. The first petition paper is about drawing money. You place that under the lodestone and you work it, work it, work it, lighting the candle, feeding the lodestone until you get the funds that you desire. Then you need to renovate the house. You need to take that next step. You're going to write the petition about renovating the home and place that under the lodestone, working it until the home is renovated as you like. And then the third petition, once that's done, you're going to write to return my mother home in good health. Place that under the lodestone and work the lodestone until you have achieved your aid. This entire thing should be done under the aegis of your ancestor who will help you in every step of the way. They are invested in getting your mom home, and so they will help you to first find the fund, they will help you to renovate the home, and then they will help you to bring the mom home. It is important that once this is accomplished, you continue to keep your promise to the ancestor by giving them weekly lights, weekly prayers. You can even place a cup of water there to help with communing with their spirit. So this working has multiple parts. It's still pretty easy to do, and you can do it on your own. But working in stages this way, three stages, while bringing in the power of an ancestor and tapping into the power of a lodestone is going to be the key to your success and helping you accomplish your overall aim. We break it down into these smaller, manageable pieces, eventually leading to the final goal of being in a happy home with your mom healthy and around you. That's what my recommendation is here. We have a few minutes, a couple minutes, two minutes. Uh, let's see if Ms. Cat or Brother Christopher have anything further to add. I just got to jump in. Your spell followed my three cards almost in order. That's so interesting. Even, even, <laughs> the holding back, even the hold, holding <laughs> back of the dirt ties into your wow. card. You said holding back. But, I said hold back a little bit of the dirt. Right, that's right. And the yeah. first one is for the money, the second one is for the renovation, and the third one is to um, have her in the home. I'm going to add one thing, and this has to do with where that house is in Alabama and where your ancestors may be. If you have ancestors in Texas, um, that dirt would just be found in Texas. If the ancestors are buried in Alabama where the house is, you might want to also go to the house and bring a little splinter of wood from the house back or a little chip, you know, carve a little chip out with a knife, something like that um, to put with everything else to, you know, to have as a memento of the house. Or if chipping up the house doesn't appeal to you, get one of the things from your mother's storage area and bring that to your house along with the graveyard dirt. If it was a picture of an ancestor, so much the better. If it was something they owned, so much the better. How about you, Brother Christopher? Do you have any uh, quick additions? I can't think of anything for this one. I feel like you and Contraman Ali just hit everything on the head, uh, especially with Contraman Ali tying in, you know, asking the ancestor to help find that missing item. So, yeah, I'm good. Great. All righty. There's our bumper music. Okay. 
now we come to our network identification tritone. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. And now it's time for our freestyle segment from our special guest, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in Los Angeles. Here's Brother Christopher. Hello. Today I have two spells that are relatively short spells, one for influence and one for domination. For the influence spell, you're going to need crown of success oil, influence oil, a jar with a metal lid, a sweetener of choice, but for this spell we'll just say honey, um, a picture and or name paper of the person you're wanting to influence, and a yellow candle. And for the first step of this spell, you will anoint yourself with crown of success oil, especially on the temple and on the brow of your head. Take the picture and or name paper of the target and fold it up and place it in the jar and cover it with sweetener of your choice and taste the sweetener and say, for example, as this honey is sweet to me, so may so-and-so be sweet to me and favor my requests, and then close up the jar. Take the yellow candle and dress it with influence oil. As you dress it, express what your desire is for the target to do for you and to follow your request and to favor you. Set the candle onto the jar and light it, and while the candle burns for at least 15 minutes, see hooked lights rising up from you and reaching out to the target of the spell. They flow into the target's eyes, mouth, ears, nostrils, etc., and enter into their target and fill their mind and heart with images of you and that they're granting your request. They're happy with doing so and feel happy from being able to help you and grant your request. And when you're finished, let the candle continue to burn until it goes out. And it is best to do this spell a day ahead of any meeting that you may have with the target regarding your request. And when you go to meet that person, you should anoint yourself again with crown of success oil. And this spell can be slightly altered to serve different purposes. If you want to use it for love, use bewitching oil or look me over instead of chronic success. Or if you want to influence troublesome people to go away peacefully, not necessarily enemies, but just kind of distractions, nuisances, you could use cast off evil or anoint yourself with crucible of courage so that way you have the courage and determination to drive the unwanted people away. And for the domination spell, you're going to need master oil, domination oil, a purple candle, a personal concern from the target, and a sharp implement described into the candle. And for this spell, it is absolutely necessary to have the personal concern. And if you can't acquire one, I recommend don't do this spell. Um, if you want to dominate a family member or a loved one that you live with, then you should go with acquiring maybe some of their hair or a drop of their blood. If you want to dominate a coworker or your boss, then their handwritten signature written by themselves is a perfectly acceptable concern to use for this spell. Once you have the concern, anoint yourself with master oil. Take the purple candle and with the scribing tool, write your request in a spiral around the candle, including the target's name, like the stripe on a candy cane. 
for example, I dominate you, Johnny Jackson, so you'll listen to me and do your part in maintaining our home and raising our children. Or I dominate you, Sarah Sampson, to stop standing around by the water cooler and do your damn job. Once you have finished writing your request, anoint the candle with domination oil, repeating your request as you do so. Take the personal concern and place it under the candle, light the candle, and for 15 minutes, see your request as a glowing chain flowing into the target. And as it flows in, the chain wraps around their heart and their brain, wrapping around it tighter and tighter until both are essentially gone and replaced by your glowing chain, filling their entire being until only your will and desire remains inside them, and all they can do is act upon and think about what you want them to do. The target is now just your subservient machine that will carry out what you desire. And once you've finished visualizing this for 15 minutes, let the candle finish burning until it goes out. And those are the spells. Wow. Wow. And thank you for bringing in the idea of look me over with influence. I love that. And the idea of master... Master with Domination. What a perfect pairing that is. Those are beautiful spells, Brother Christopher. Those are excellent, excellent spells. I I have nothing to add, only admiration to express. And I I really like the uh, gentleness of influence, and I love that domination and the way you expressed it. Do your damn job. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Wow. Really, really good work. Now, um, Brother Christopher, you're available Mm -hmm. to do root work for people, are you not? Yes, I am. All right. So, Um, folks, you got a taste of it there. If any one of you listening to this show wants this kind of work done, you know who to call because this is what Brother Christopher is capable of. Incredible work, wonderful work, and really well-thought-out original work. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Contraband, do you have anything to add to it? Just that, I, like you, I admire that mixture of influence and look me over. It's such a good way of enchanting, enthralling, and it's a great way of influencing without that. Yeah, I mean, this, this is just really good work. Those two are really copacetic, look me over and influence, and they work really well together. So brilliant work, Brother Christopher. Also, in the chat, right, because the bumper music came up, and Brother Christopher was saying we shouldn't forget influence for use in dream work. And we've done spells on uh, dreaming and shows on radio shows on dreaming in the past, and so you can look those up. But influence is great for dream work. Look Me Over is great for influencing someone when you see them. A combination of influence, bewitching, and look me over. My gosh, that's powerful stuff if you were, you know, wanting some attention. And so thank you for mentioning influences use in dream work. And, of course, skull candles are used in dream work, too. Um, another thing that uh, we were talking about, the domination and the, the paper in the shoe and the domination, um, I really like the idea of breaking your feet into your dominant foot and your non-dominant foot. So my dominant foot is my right foot. So if I was going to be doing a spell that was domination and influence, I would go into the meeting with domination paper and dressed with domination oil or powder in my right shoe, influence 
um, petition with influence oil and influence or influence powder in my left shoe. And then depending on the way the uh, meeting goes, I might be tapping my right foot to dominate and I might be tapping my left foot to have sweet influence. And um, you'll find that you have a dominant foot, most people do, and that the tapping you do with your right foot is going to be more powerful, or maybe your left if you're left-footed. And that's your domination foot, and the other one is your subtle influence foot. And with influence, you can also move the foot back and forth. Just move it back and forth a little bit. All right, so our music is on. Let's turn this over to... Art, Reverend Art, he's going to give us our announcements, and um, we're going to come back and all say goodbye in various ways. Take it away, Art. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in Los Angeles for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Heidi Holton of HeidiHolton.com in Murphy, North Carolina. bringing us a tutorial on sex worker money magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Pat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available and archived via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Reverend Art. Now, folks, remember, the 27th of February, 2023, is when Reverend Art is going to bring us his new show. And we want to listen to that, folks. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places. Watch social media, and you will have all kinds of announcements. J.D. is going to be his first guest. There's going to be lots of good guests from air. And there's going to be audio tours of sacred spaces all around the world. We're really looking forward to Reverend Art bringing us this show. Um, We're going to be having the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, June 10th and 11th, 2023. You can go to hoodooheritagefestival.com, buy your tickets, check it out. We also have uh, 30 and and more virtual hoodoo workshops available for purchase, and that includes individual ones and packages. And they are online at Hoodoo Workshop. Good night, all. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody.